When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Xbox Game Passengers Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Cranevelt, and this is the show where each episode, myself and a guest will dissect and discuss a single game that's available on the Xbox Game Pass service, which was usually chosen for us completely at random. Whether it's a magical or a horrible experience, we will force ourselves through it, share our thoughts, and let you know whether or not a game is worth your time. At the end of every episode, we will also randomly draw the game for the next show as well, so you always know what's coming up on the horizon. Uh, And as I mentioned, I'm always joined by a guest I'm really glad to have back for the first episode in like a year or whatever. The world kind of fell apart and, uh, you know, it seemed like a good excuse to not do anything with my life or myself. Uh, But I'm back talking to Doogie, who has been on a few episodes in the past. Doogie, how are you today? I am very well, Derek. How are you, bud? I'm doing well. I ask that like we don't actually talk all the time. Like but, all the time. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, but shh, they, they, they don't, they know, don't that. know They don't it's know that. The magic uh, of television. You know, yeah. The last, you know, the last time we spoke was uh, when we talked about Observer or something, <laughs> um, which is another Bloober team game, uh, which apparently we yeah, love true. on this show because uh, we did Blair Witch when it came out. We did uh, Observer when it was randomly drawn. Blair Witch I was so excited for, I chose. This game I was so excited for, I chose. So a minute ago when I said chosen for us completely at random there's like <laughs> it's my show i'll just do for, <laughs> there's a few the, exceptions to the rule for, for the sure. most part um yeah i i'm really you know we we started back the, I, the podcasting bug hit me again recently in uh we started up the old geekscape games show again uh so myself and shane and josh is going to be on the next one and some of the old crew and carlos has been there and katie from geekscape and just like just getting into that just getting into the habit of like, I mean, me and you talk about like games regularly, but just getting in that habit of like talking about video games with your friends or trying to be more conscious of like what I'm feeling about a game when I'm playing it type thing has just, uh, it's, it's great. And, and so starting that, I think really felt it was the catalyst I need to, to kind of make this happen again. Cause I really liked doing this, this show, excuse me. I've got the hiccups naturally. (laughs) You do. Are any of those episodes out yet? Because I'm excited uh, to hear them. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah. show, um, that show is every two weeks, nice. um, and so there are three episodes since the. Just, just look for one that was released. Uh, you know, not not two years ago, and uh, <laughs> and they are there, and they've been they've been a blast. That show is, you know, we talk about just everything that we've been playing and kind of discuss that because we're all playing different stuff mm. versus discussing the same game like we're going to do here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we talk about some like important news and that sort of stuff as well. Um, yeah, this game, of course, or this show, of course, generally focused that shows every two weeks. 
uh, Xbox Game Passengers. We're going to come back monthly at this point because that means I'll be doing three podcasts a month, which <laughs> feels like enough um, yeah, at this time. I so. definitely feel like it feels like enough. And, uh, and you know, what I was kind of feeling with what I was, I, you know, this show was every two weeks prior to it disappearing for forever, not forever, but almost forever. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it was it was just getting to the point where it felt like I was only playing that, you know, the game for the show, um, yeah. whether I was enjoying that game or not. And it felt like I was being forced to, and, and just having a bigger gap there and also doing the other show means that, you know, it'll just hopefully it'll give me that motivation to play this, but also spend some time with other things as well. So, and just um, think of, of the time that you've managed to save, not, uh, not doing one of these every week or two weeks or whatever <laughs> it was, you've managed yeah, to finish yeah. Andromeda. You might I, well, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's been, you know, and I, I went through kind of, I mean, the, the pandemic has affected everyone in different ways, but I definitely went through a lull of, you know, just not playing games or not, not, you know, starting something and, and mm-hmm. dropping it in an hour. Cause I just felt like I was unmotivated to continue it or not enjoying it. So I, I'm especially glad that I didn't force myself through doing this, um, at yeah. that time, because I feel like. Uh, I wouldn't have enjoyed it and neither would anybody that was trying to listen to it. So I feel like I'm coming back from a good space. I've had so much time to play so many other games. I played through like the Uncharted series. I played through Mass Effect Andromeda completely randomly because, you know, all of a sudden me who has never played Mass Effect before, you know, I'm a sucker for hype and everyone is getting hyped about uh, the the legendary edition, which comes out in a couple months. And uh, and I was like, how, you know, how can I play? mass effect sooner oh this is the most recent one also i loved that game and and you know we've talked about it and i talked about it on geekscape games a couple times yeah i don't you know sure it's got problems sure it's clunky in areas sure the facial animations look like they're out of like a ps2 game or something like that (laughs) but uh overall i really i don't know i i spent about 40 45 hours or something in the game and and had a blast with it and i'm really set you know i i think that that series is dead and it very much felt like it was acting as the first chapter in the andromeda series so Mm -hmm. i'm sad that we won't be uh seeing these characters anymore because it did have some loose ends and some open-ended pieces and and that sort of thing as well but yeah, it's funny. I think, like, as is well documented about me, like my love for the Mass Effect trilogy, or the, or at least the first two games, was it, it, like it just has that amazing story-driven, character-driven uh, kind of gameplay that I loved. And it's funny since you and I have talked about Andromeda because you had such a blast with it this time. I, I installed it like a few weeks ago when mm-hmm. you started playing it as well, and I was just like, you know, maybe I'll go back and play Andromeda. And I've played like the first couple hours or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, ah, the, like other things came out and other things happened. So I've, I've been playing a bunch of different stuff. But every time I start up the Xbox, I always see it there on the hard drive. Yeah. And I'm like, it's probably ah. ready there in quick resume, too. Like it w- it I mean, only, it probably you know, will be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I and I can, I, you know, when I, whenever I'm playing, I'm always like, ah, I should just go. Derek really enjoyed it. I should go yeah. back and, and really do it. But yeah. uh, but no, the temptation hasn't uh, <laughs> hasn't hasn't grabbed me. Yeah. Well, and I and I think that I was in the best spot to play it because I don't have any preconceived notions of what Mass Effect should be yeah. or how these characters should be introduced or whatever. Yeah. Like, even if it's a bad Mass Effect game you know, everyone seems to love the series for the most part otherwise. Mm-hmm. So even if it's a bad one, it was my first one. Yeah. And, you know, talking to Carlos and Shane, who both were fans of the series, they're both like, how the hell are you enjoying this? It's such, a piece, <laughs> such a piece of garbage. You're a piece of garbage for liking it, like all that sort of stuff. And, well, no, uh, no, of course, I'm really interested to see your take when you do play through the Legendary totally, yeah, Edition. Like, yeah. I, I'm so excited to hear your take on it, having yeah. loved Andromeda. I'm, I'm wondering whether you're going to go back and be like, what are you guys talking about? Like, the original trilogy is garbage. It's horrible. <laughs> right. right. Sarah Ryder was the best developed character that they ever did. 
um yeah i so i'm like just counting down to may 14th when it releases like i'm so excited and every day when i like see another big game get delayed i'm like oh no it's mass effect's turn it's mass effect's (laughs) turn and it hasn't happened yet yeah um so i'm sure it's coming any day now it'll get delayed a month or two but i probably uh, but it'll be be worth the wait it'll be worth the wait i'm sure um i mean really if i if i really wanted to play it i could just play the old ones but that seems like a you know poor choice when these yeah. 4k 60 frames per second versions are are about to drop essentially well i did when you let me know about legendary edition i actually installed mass effect one because it is because <laughs> yeah. it's there on, on ea play and game pass yep. and stuff and uh i uh i installed it and i started playing it and i was like oh no no this is horrible it like the it, like i've always said mass effect one it feels like you're piloting a cardboard cutout yep. of of captain shepherd uh and it uh, or commander shepherd rather and it just yeah it it, it plays horribly so i hope that they have smoothed out some <laughs> yeah. of that and and that's the kind of rumor well and they've... how could how could they not have at this point like yeah yeah and yeah. and i mean it when they have mentioned some of the things that they focused on it sounded like it was bringing a lot of um a lot of quality of life improvements to mass mm-hmm. effect one it, you know mass effect one seemed like it was their um yeah. like primary goal there in terms of improving it so yeah i think they said they kind of wanted to have a consistency between mm-hmm. the three of them because they do feel very different and sure. and i remember you know thinking that at the time that mass effect one plays so differently to two and plays so differently again to three yeah. and they changed how biotics work and how the engineering skill worked and stuff so it like the gameplay in all three is is quite different mm-hmm. um and it feels like even though the story takes place over a few years um you know it, it it feels like some of that technology moves very quickly or or it changes vastly differently okay. and no one kind of mentions it yeah and um, so it's just it's just kind of like gameplay that turns up and you're like <laughs> wait a minute we've not been able to do this before what the fuck oh yeah yeah uh, so it's interesting it's interesting but i'm excited for it i really am yeah. excited for it uh, you mentioned you you said something about EA Play and Game Pass. That's a good thing to mention as well. In that the last time that we the last time that we did the show, right, yeah. Game Pass was a very yeah, I mean Game Pass was amazing, but it was a very different place. Mm-hmm. Like just you know in the past few months, we've gotten well you know in the past week or so for a PC, but in the past few months, EA Play which is a, another subscription service that used to be five bucks a month or like $30 a year in Canada or something mm-hmm. like that, which gives you, you know, access to a back, huge back catalog of EA titles, mm-hmm. uh, including Mass Effect Andromeda and the, the trilogy. That's how I played uh, Andromeda over the past few weeks. Um, that's been added to Game Pass as well, just further improving, uh, further increasing the already incredible value of it. But also just in the past couple of weeks, uh, you know, the the long rumored slash announced uh microsoft's acquisition of zenimax including bethesda including id uh, including arcane studios and a number of other uh developers as well that's also gone through so we have a a whole handful of new bethesda titles on xbox game pass and also the expectation that any further titles from these developers will just be on game pass on day one which feels insane still like yeah, and it's... Uh, like the the value of that, as you say, is just enormous. Like I yeah. I started playing uh, uh, Squadrons, Star Wars Squadrons, yep. Uh, yep. the other week, and it and it's great, it's awesome. And then I just decided, of course, that I was gonna because I've never played Skyrim through on PC. Yep. Okay. I've always only played it on Xbox. So because which was it... always like a rough, you know, aside from the Xbox One version, which obviously improved things. I think the the 360 version and stuff would have been a pretty rough experience in terms of like load times and textures. Yeah, and all that I mean, sort of it, stuff. it definitely was. And and playing it on the the Series X and and on PC now, it is it feels so different. Like it feels so smooth, and like obviously it's running at 60 frames a second yeah. rather than 30. So like those kinds of things, like it, it's a pretty noticeable 
difference. But of mm-hmm. course, like so, I've I've now started run number eight thousand six hundred and forty-two <laughs> of, of yeah. Skyrim on the on the PC. Stealth Archer number <laughs> yeah number eight thousand six hundred. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 awesome, and and it's such a huge acquisition as well as you say like to to think of the amount of Mm -hmm. really great and huge games as well like i mean skyrim you could dump thousands of hours into yeah Um, well and now like the next you know the next elder scrolls game like if that's only on the xbox consoles like that's going to make a lot of people very angry but it's also going to sell a lot of uh, sell a lot of systems although i mean that said as well it very much seems like the um like microsoft's goal at this point and for the last couple years has been very much like we don't care like what you play it on as long as you play it on game pass type thing in terms of like adding game pass to android phones it's finally going to be hitting apple uh platforms soon it sounds like um and pc and everything like that i i have to imagine that you'll be seeing the xbox app or xbox game pass app on smart tvs before long like yeah um i mean it's such a smart way of doing things like it really really is it's it when again you and i have talked about this at length before but like when you think about how the world is these days i remember being a kid and and you know having to save up the 80 bucks or whatever it is 90 mm-hmm. bucks um to go and buy this game that, uh, that i knew was coming out so i had to save up for weeks and weeks and weeks and months and totally. months and months to, to be able to go okay it's launch day i can go or and like, buy this or like wait for a used copy to finally yeah. pop up at blockbuster like, or something yeah, just so i can though, like save some money on yeah it. absolutely and that's a thing and and to think of the amount of titles like you're spoiled for choice you really mm-hmm. are and well the, i i uh sorry to interrupt no, you i don't. Because like so many games have been added and removed from Game Pass since like we did the show, like I use and to to choose the the next game, I use like this app where you just insert a list of uh, like one by one a list yeah. of things and then hit choose and it just spits one out. Um, and so I started from blank just because there's so much has changed on Game Pass as of right now, and I didn't even put in. You know, I put in all the EA Play stuff, but only the most recent versions of mm. the sports games on there because I don't want to play Madden yeah. 16 or <laughs> FIFA 15 or anything yeah. like that. But there was more. And this is not including PC, which has a whole different library. I don't yeah. have a way to play those games. Uh, more than 350 games in that list at this point. Fuck. Um, which is just, insane. Like, crazy. I can't even fathom that. Yeah. And I swear, I swear a year ago it was half that. Like it has. Grown oh, yeah. I mean, in, I, I remember. Insane amount. I think the last time you and I did one of these i think we were kind of talking like 150 games mm-hmm. that's that's insane right. like huge right. and it, like the fact that they've over doubled that yeah. is 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 just amazing now as you say there's a little bit of overlap with oh they've got madden you know 15 through yeah. to 20 yeah. um but i mean still yeah but that number was not including the old ones that was just the newest yeah, one yeah that's on exactly so which is, is technically even more yeah, than that it, it just it boggles my brain yeah man. yeah man i mean we're gonna like start to see like there's still a handful of bethesda games that aren't on there and all that yeah. sort of thing like and you know it's been the last couple of months in terms of releases for both of the new consoles uh both on the playstation side and the xbox side has been quite a lull i would say mm-hmm. um which is part of why you know in the past few months i've like played the uncharted series and we've played mass effect andromeda and i'm very much a person who likes new shiny things so when there's lots of new games coming out like you know, I I'll, I'll play a new game that I was excited for for ten hours, and then I'll be like, "Oh, there's this other newer game over here." So I'm just gonna like never look at you again. <laughs> and I'm gonna go over here. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So so getting some of that time lately to go back to these older titles has been uh, pretty unreal as well. Yeah. Um. Should we get started? Why don't yeah. we talk about? Yeah. Let's uh, do it. Yeah. So so this was another game that I <laughs> did not randomly choose. I just <laughs> I just chose chose, and part of that is uh 
you know, it's it's a very this this game, the medium has always very much looked like an homage to like the old classic survival horror games like the Silent Hill and and in some ways even Resident Evil, like mm-hmm. just just in the way that they share their like fixed forced perspective camera angles, which like increase tension and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was this was like one of my like aside from Spider-Man Miles Morales. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, this, this was my most anticipated game for the, the, the new consoles. Yeah. Um, so I was just a little bit sad when it got delayed, but it finally dropped at the end of January, I believe. Um, Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And I was stoked to jump into it, but you know, a little bit apprehensive in terms of my excitement because, um, you know, is like blue team is a very interesting developer. Um, I, I'm really glad you're here for this conversation because, <laughs> you know, we played through observer, uh, you know, they've released a number of games. I yeah. really liked layers of fear. Mm. Um, I really didn't like observer. Uh, yeah. and, and I don't think you did either. No, it was um, terrible. <laughs> I, I really liked Blair witch. Um, mm. so I was hoping that they could, you know, have another hit on their hands with this one. Um, before we jump into our thoughts, do you want to tell us a little bit about what the medium is about? I do. Uh, so the synopsis goes, discover a dark mystery only a medium can solve. Travel to an abandoned communist resort and use your technique, uh, your, your unique rather psychic abilities to uncover its deeply disturbing secrets. Solve dual reality puzzles, survive encounters with sinister spirits and explore two realities at the same time. Um, so I think it'll be hard to really discuss too much without jumping into spoilers. hundred percent. So before we jump into spoilers, um, like what is, you know, is this like a, is trigger this a warning. try? Spoiler is it a skip? Warning. Is it a must play um, for you? Oh, oh, Derek, it's, it's a skip for me. It's a skip. It's a skip. It really is. Um, for, for I mean, I I might have guessed that based on how long it took you to get through this like, <laughs> four hour game. Yeah, well, it's funny. We um, we should probably like own up to the fact that Derek had asked me to to do this episode of the podcast pretty much almost as soon as we started playing the medium, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, yeah, great, like absolutely, let's do it. Like uh, I kind of started it up. Uh, played kind of one session of it and then hadn't gone back to it for about a month and a half and then we had this running joke between us where you would text me and be like any any progress on on the medium and i'd be like no not yet but i promise this weekend is the one (laughs) and i think i promised you like seven times but i did i did finally get through it and what about you is it is it a skip must play give it a shot for you i I hadn't thought about it really until until we jumped (laughs) into this until you asked me just now. I think it's a, I think it just had like it's definitely not a must play. I think that I it felt like a must play for me, Mm. but I had very specific expectations of what I thought this game would be, and Mm -hmm. it met some of them. But Mm -hmm. I also think that um, it's a really different game from what is generally getting released these days, and I could see a lot of people just finding it boring as shit. Um, yeah yeah and i did not feel like that i feel like i didn't love it i feel like i quite liked it actually yeah um but uh and i and we'll get into it we'll get into it but i feel like it's a give it a try for me i feel like it it's interesting too as a like this is kind of the first big and it's not even not like big but it's the first aside from i think like the falconeer or yeah. something like it's yeah, the first yeah. kind of real series console exclusive like that wasn't also on the the previous consoles yeah um, i think that's probably a bit accurate yeah and so 
I think that a lot of people were expecting kind of this like visual tour de force and, and like really like something that would really show off what the new consoles are capable of. And I think that they, you know, they, the, this is not a spoiler. This is in every trailer and the whole like premise of the game is like a lot of the game is played in this kind of like dual world scenario Mm -hmm. where you both on screen at the same time, you're seeing the real world and then you're seeing this like other spirit world type thing. And you're in both of them and you see them both fit in a split screen view. And so everything looks entirely different and everything would have to be textured twice and all that yeah. sort of stuff and so they um you know the game runs on the series x at like a, a scaling 4k 30 frames per second um, which is tough to look at after i've been playing so many 60 frames per second <laughs> games i have to say um which is a new thing for me as someone who's not really ever played you know yeah. games on pc or anything like that yeah. um but yeah so it like it had some slowdown. Like it didn't feel like the the technical darling that I think some people were expecting it to be. Also, Bloober's not a t- big AAA publisher, so and like this, this is yeah, that that's a really interesting point, and I and I and I do want to touch on that. And and when I say it's a skip, it actually makes me really sad that it's a skip for me, um, for for a couple different reasons. And and I think a they're not a huge massive developer, so this was a really ambitious really ambitious thing to do to be able to be like we're going to have these two Mm -hmm. worlds that simultaneously will render you'll be able to see two things in both screens and and blah 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 blah. um and i'll I'll say as well the first section of it the opening is phenomenal yeah and definitely and i was so excited and and i was i was so ready for it i was so hyped for it going through that like essentially the the it starts out that you're you learn you're a foster kid and and you go back because the guy that fostered you has died and you got to go back to the the funeral home and and kind of prep him you put his tie on him mm-hmm. and the body and things like that so there's this beautiful section where you're wandering around this um this kind of like beautiful but ultimately creepy home and like you clearly have a bad yeah, relationship like an apartment with it. like above a funeral yeah home, like, yeah. yeah and and it, it sets it up so nicely. Mm-hmm. And then you go down to the funeral home and then there's this moment where like, you know, you can feed the cat and you, you, you mm-hmm. learn, you, this is clearly the tutorial of learning the mechanics of the game. And there, there was, I got so excited because there's a, this little bit where you have to develop uh, a black and white photograph and yeah, you actually right. have to develop it. You've got to put the light on it and then you've got to put it in the developer, then the stopper. And like going through that, I was like, this is really cool. Like this is going to be super immersive and we're going to get to learn more about, uh, you know, the history of this girl and blah, it's blah, kinda, blah, blah. It kind of feels very like point and clicky at that it point. It does. Like, yeah. Yeah, it really does. And this is, this is kind of where my problem comes in mm-hmm. is that, you know, when you and I first talked about the medium, cause I knew nothing about it and you had mentioned like, Hey, like, have you heard about this game? And I was like, no. And then we looked into it and I saw people start to, to refer it back to like the original resident evil and silent mm-hmm. Hill, mm-hmm. which are games that like not only terrified me as a kid, yeah. they were really scary as a kid yeah. and still, well, still as an adult. Totally. Yeah. Well, and like silent, silent Hill two is like, that was I think I played it shortly after it came out and yeah. I would have been like 12 or 13 or something like that. Like, I think that is the game that like that I that game terrified me. But mm-hmm. it's on such everything it does is on such a deep level that I think that that game is like what gave me like just I don't know, my love for really dark, depressing, terrible stories. Like, yeah, yeah, like this uh, absolutely. and like The Last of Us and like all that sort of stuff. Like it's I, I eat that shit up uh, yeah. like far more than anything else. And um, you know, and and obviously Silent Hill, like, yeah, it went from being one of the greatest series that 
probably like like ever mm-hmm. um, to just utter shit in like the course of like two or three games. Uh, and now it's all but dead. Um, you know, this was this in terms of like them, the Bluebird team talking about really, being really inspired by it, but also like bringing back like the silent original Silent Hill composer, uh, Akira mm-hmm. Yamaaka. Like when I got into like, like I love his music and I love the like weird, like mechanical sounds that he uses. Mm-hmm. And like when I got into like when I bought a turntable this year, like two of the first records that I bought were the Silent Hill one and two. Soundtracks. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, that is how much I love like his whole thing and so to see him coming back for like this homage to these old survival horror games yeah that's what made me the most excited for it yeah sorry to interrupt you no no no, no it's okay I, and and like you touched on a really good point is that like there was so much of that that was tied into the old survival horror stuff but let's be really really honest this is not a survival horror game <laughs> this this is a point and click adventure game from a fixed camera angle <clears throat> yeah i and we can like I think that's enough. We can probably jump into spoilers yeah. now. If you haven't played it, or if you want to play it, if you don't want to hear what happens, you should probably stop listening. But Doogie said, "Skip it." I said, "Try it. Do what you want. We're not the boss." Of you. <laughs> um, I I had noted that it like it just kind of feels like a spooky detective game more than yes. anything. Like, um, yeah, like part of there's there's no there's aside from a few specifically designed scenes. Mm-hmm. There's not really a, an you're never worried about your survival. There's no survival yeah. aspect to it. There's no combat really in this game, except for like a few times you have to like hit a button at the right time when these weird flowers are trying to eat you. Like, yeah. And, and that's, and that's it. Like, I think one of the key elements of any sort of survival horror is always the ability to run out of resources. Yes, and like, yes. I think it's something that actually the resident evil Two remake, I think did really, really well yeah. is that, you had to kind of plan your route. You had, okay, I need to get to that room, but I've only got six bullets to do it. Like, yeah, am I going to yeah. go through the office? I'm going to go through this. Yeah. And this, as you say, it just, it just didn't have it. Like yeah. it's, it's this again, suffered from the same thing for me that observer suffered from. Oh, is, one thing. Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask, did you like this more or less than observer? <laughs> I wasn't expecting a skip from you. So I wasn't expecting to I need to ask that question, but which one of these games was, was worse for you? Um, it, it's so funny. I I asked myself this question actually because again, this started out so strong and this the section that you as I say in the funeral home really like almost moving, like really like mm-hmm. I was invested and I wanted to know what happened and I wanted to know cuz cuz at the end of that section like you know you get this phone call that's like, "Oh, I know who you are." Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's it. That's all she has to go on. Uh, and then she gets in her car and drives halfway across the country. Yeah. Well, and it's like, yeah, you you don't know who this person is. And yeah. she does. She's not into it at all until he says, like, it all started with a dead girl, which is like this this vision that she's had or this dream that she's had over and over and over yeah. again. So the fact that he he references like, says this phrase. Yeah. yeah. Like that is the thing that makes her like decide to go do this. Um, but yeah, so that that first section was was great. Um, and then <laughs> it, it just it just all fell apart for me so mm-hmm. quickly when when you get you get to the the you neva. know as it says that the yeah the the neva resort this yeah. communist resort yeah. um and then it was you know push the block here to open this door <laughs> to find yeah. a key to open this door to, to yeah and and that's just really when it, it kind of started to to fall apart yeah um, it was it was very rinse and repeat there in like there was always just like there here's something that's blocking you 
Yeah. So go find the MacGuffin that you need to yeah. like, stop this thing from blocking you. Oh, now this thing's blocking. Like it felt like half the game, once you get to Neva, half the game was to like get to the point where you could get the bolt cutters because every game is it like needs a bolt cutter. Needs a bolt yeah. Every door needs a <laughs> bolt cutter. And it's like yeah. always just like a floor above you or something like that. Um, one one yeah. of the things I thought really weird too, just in terms of her going there, mm-hmm. like this game is, it, it's set in like the late nineties at this point. Yeah. So like we're in a spot and I, so there's the Neva resort, like it gets abandoned after like a big massacre happens and it was like covered up by the government and all this stuff. But like the place still existed and like a lot of people probably disappeared and it's like the late nineties. And so the, you know, the internet, not as we know today, but the internet exists. Like, does she not try to look this place up at all first? <laughs> yeah. Like she didn't bring, yeah. like she literally rides her motorbike there. She doesn't have a bag. Like she's like, Oh, I'll, I'll, you know, get in and out in like 45 minutes. Like I don't need a bag. I don't need to bring anything with yeah. me. I don't need a weapon. Like I don't, she didn't even bring a flashlight. You have to yeah, find the flashlight. And, that, yeah. like, and and this, like this again, for me, it goes back to that whole thing. And, and it was moments like that when I realized really ruining this game for me, you know, that? I know I'm so sorry. I knew, I, you know, and <laughs> if what was really interesting is, is like when I finished the game, um, I, I kind of sat back um, and I was just like, you know, I'm going to have to lie to Derek. Well, no, I, I like I, ha- I had to be like, how am I going to break this to Derek? Because I feel like Derek is going to have enjoyed this more than I have. Um, and there, there was a couple things that you mentioned there that I want to that I, I want to kind of swing back on the um, the the bolt cutters. This is one of my like major gripes, and I don't know if it's a Bloober Team thing, if it's a walking simulator thing, if it's like just this type of game thing. But it, it really bugged me in Observer as well how the character narrates everything. Now, I get that if you're the only voice that's there and this character is pretty much like other yeah, than okay. you can hear, uh, you know, because she can, she's a medium, so she can see spirits. And so she can, she finds things that are called echoes, which are like little memories from an object or whatever. Which I, I actually, I quite liked those. Like those felt like it was like a slightly more interactive, like audio log yeah, thing. And there yeah. was times where it like, I mean, a lot of, sometimes those were the blockages that you needed to clear before you could get to the next chunk. But it also felt like it gave, it gave a lot of context to the people that existed in this space before the massacre happened. Yeah. Or in some cases gave you information as to why or, or what, the, what certain people did. Yeah. Um, so those kind of things like I, and I, and I get, and, and I get that if you don't hear anything from the character, you know, you might not be able to resonate with them. You, you want to be able to know what they're thinking, but there's this moment when you do actually find the boat cars. Now, bearing in mind the situation that you're in this old, creepy, abandoned place, you, you're, you've gone through this like emptied out swimming pool that's covered in blood. And you've gone through these rooms where there's multiple like army cots that are stacked up that are covered in blood and there's chains on the walls. And then she picks up the boat cars and the line of dialogue that she says <laughs> is sounds like a spy name cutters bolt cutters and i was like hold on you absolute sociopath just a weird like change like, of tone yeah uh, like 100 like it, tell me derek if you're in that scenario in fact you recently told me you were in like a, a really old creepy school and there was no one else there <laughs> yeah. and you in that moment you know are you going to open up like a a candy wrapper and be like Reese's peanut butter cups mm. like is it but she's in a spot where like and especially part like part of why her say like growing up above this funeral home is important is it really like she's got this she's a medium she's got this ability like that 
um, living there and, and being around essentially dead people or spirits like so long, like it really made her powerful, I think, which is why, um, why she like has part of why she has the ability to like go in between these worlds and all that sort of thing. She's got to be super desensitized to it. Yeah, yeah, I, I suppose. You know, I use but, humor mm-hmm. in uncomfortable situations as well. Maybe that was just her trying to do that. But yeah, I, there were these weird tonal moments as well. So yeah. like you you meet this like creepy, like porcelain masked little girl with one yeah. arm who like, she's like super interesting. Her name is Sadness, um, which then like you shorten to like a pet name. You're like, hey, Sad, how are you? Like, yeah. Um, but at one point, like you had split up at some point and she was like, meet me over here and you take a while to get there and she's kind of upset or something. Mm -hmm. And then she's just like, Oh, like I'm going to stick to you like a tick. Like she just like this, like weird cutesy little thing. And she like, like puts her hands on, I don't know. It was super fun. This is like a ghost girl with a porcelain mask in a weird, like abandoned place. What if she did all the murders? What if she caused (laughs) the massacre? Why are you like at the same time, I guess she's a child, but she's a weird ghost child. Like, Uh, yeah. And, and like initially I'll, I'll admit as well. Like when I, when you first meet sadness, I was kind of like, oh, well, here we go. Creepy small child, creepy mm-hmm. abandoned facility. Clearly, she has caused the murders in, in some kind of capacity because you always hear about this, this crazy massacre that happened in this, in this place. But then, like, once you start really kind of dipping into the, the, the spirit world and, and the, you know, you can be in the, live, the real world and the spirit world at the same time. See, I, I really have a problem with this mechanic as well because I feel like it's, it's, it, it didn't add anything to it. And I almost feel like it would have been far more creepy because essentially all that, all that it ended up being mm-hmm. was either gameplay or a cutscene where you're just looking at your character rea- oh, like reacting to nothing, to nothing, to nothing. Yeah. And, and I noted like, that down as well. So, okay. So you're, you've, you're put all this rendering power into doing these two moments and you're just showing me in the real world talking to nothing and in yeah. the spirit world talking to this girl with a yeah. weird porcelain face. I almost feel like it would have been better if they'd had just, it was all full screen, but you maybe had like elements of that that were just in the real world, but only you could see them. Like that mm-hmm. that might have made it a bit more relatable or or it might have been a bit more creepy. Like with that whole thing, and, and you referenced like Silent Hill 2, like, you know, turning a corridor and all of a sudden you're not in the street anymore, but yeah. you're in like this old abandoned school and like, yeah. you know, those kind of moments. Cause when it was always like the shift to the hell world or whatever, yeah. it's always like, it's a thing. And, and like things get way more dangerous when you're there, but then, and your whole goal is, or part like a large part of your goal is to like, just survive until it passes or whatever. Like, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, I guess it kind of t- like just the fact that it you know, rather than it being like a, a a big action or a big like problem like it is in Silent Hill, it's just part of the world. And so not a lot like different actually happens in there, I guess. It's mm-hmm. just like a creepier version of the same same thing. That said, I did like in like, like it is used for some of the puzzles as well. Like you have this ability in these split screen sections, which is not the whole game, but it's a lot of it. Um, but you can like essentially hold a button to do like an out of body experience um, yeah. where j- like she basically like leaves her uh real world uh like body behind and so you're then controlling just the spirit world yeah uh marianne and so like you can then potentially like like if a if a stairway staircase has fallen down in the real world maybe it hasn't in the spirit world and so you can like 
do something that will then affect the real world that'll let you like continue on your path. I did find and, and but you can't take too long because um, you'll like die. Like you'll yeah. your your spirits will be separate like forever or something. Yeah. I did find that stuff kind of neat. Um, and which I don't know how it would have worked if the world wasn't split, but did it add enough that it's worth doing the whole time and having my frame rate? I, don't I mean, know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, like, and you are right. Like those kind of moments where you completely leave the real world and you're in that kind of spirit world and it is very timed. You, you've got to work things out quickly. I almost think like that would have posed more of a challenge if, if you didn't show me both screens, because again, every time that you had to do that, let's say there was like, like staircase is a good example. So in the real world, you're looking at this broken down staircase in the spirit world, you're looking at a staircase, but it's got this like wibbly wobbly magic in front of it. That, that like is the big glaring thing to be like, Oh, you gotta, you gotta fully invest in the spirit world to do this. And it, I I almost feel like if it was full screen, uh, real world and I have to work out, okay, do I need to get past the staircase? Hold on, let me go check in with the spirit world. But it's a timed thing. I need to like, you know, put that investment in and actually be able to work things out. And and that like you said it earlier, it felt like a, a kind of point and click like detective game mm-hmm. more than anything. Um the the detective aspect of it if it is going to invest in that and, it, and it, you know, it says it in the synopsis, it's a mystery. It's a dark mystery yeah. and it's, and it's not, it's, it's, there's nothing to work out because everything gets worked out for you. Like that, <laughs> that constant narration of, Oh, well, I've just found this yeah. thing. I wonder if that'll fit in that box right. over there. Like they, they don't give you the opportunity to, to actually try and figure things out. Right. Doesn't the narration, though, like you find out later that she's kind of been telling this story to the spirit version of Thomas, who ends up being this is very convoluted. The spirit version of Thomas, who ends up being her father. Yes. uh, And um, who was the guy that phoned her at the beginning? Yes. And that gets us into a whole other thought. So, yes, I think some of the narration and definitely when she's like when she's saying things like when she when she comes across the place called the red house you yes. know when when she's saying and it, even in the subtitles does it in italics because you know that that's her narrating the story to tom spirit thomas later on but it's those moments where she's she's clearly speaking out loud in the moment and she's like again going back to the bolt cutters example of like oh sounds like a spy name cutters bolt cutter you're like who are <laughs> it, you yeah. yeah that's that that's not helping me that's not yeah. It's, it's taking me out of the experience because even if I was creeped out by this scary swimming pool covered mm-hmm. in blood before, I'm certainly fucking not anymore. Like yeah. you've, you've completely like shifted that tone yeah. so that it's away from it. Well, and, and so it's not scary. And I wish that it, I wish that it had more tense moments or yeah. more like moments that are, are actually scary. Again, I feel like the lack of any combat, um, yeah, and that said, I, I feel like a lot of these, these games don't often need a lot of combat, but they'll it just it ne- it doesn't often feel like you're in danger, and 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 not having combat and not having really like an inventory to worry about. Like yeah. I remember part of like the tension in like the old Silent Hill games, or I remember like you know I use two two I use two bullets more than I should have mm-hmm. on this guy. I'm gonna reload the save and do it again because <laughs> I might not have enough bullets to yeah. like, get me through the next chunk. Like that adds so much tension to the game when like every shot or, or whatever, or every hit with a weapon that's going to break, like feels like it truly matters. Mm-hmm. And this game like doesn't have any of that. Um, yeah, it's, we haven't really, we haven't even mentioned the villain yet. I want to talk to you about the villain and see how you feel about that. <laughs> first, I, I, first we have a message from our friends though. Um, our friends over at the Geekscape games podcast. 
Oh, hello there. I didn't see you come in. I'm Shane O'Hare of the Geekscape Games Podcast, the number one video game podcast on the Geekscape.network. Join myself, Derek Krenevelt, and a guest every fortnight as we discuss video game news, video game reviews, and dissections. That's Geekscape Games every two weeks on Geekscape.net. I'm coming for that title, Shane. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get there. We'll get there. (laughs) I don't think it'll take very long. That show's not very good. Uh, so the, the, I mean, the reason all of this is happening, there's a character and he's, he's called the Maw. Um, what did you think of him? (sighs) He's voiced by Troy Baker, who I think is a very like, Oh, is he really? Yeah. Yeah. Super interesting voice actor. He's voice acted like some of my favorite roles. Um, weird fucking looking tall ass character. (laughs) Not, not Troy Baker, but the, (laughs) the Maw, uh, what, what were your initial thoughts on him? And did it, did it change as you kind of learned about kind of where he came from it's funny because i initially when you first see him um and again i i know i keep comparing this to to observer but it's it's the same moment that was it didn't work in observer and it didn't work for me here either where I'm, I'm playing this detective game where I'm trying to work out this mystery. I'm trying to figure things out. I'm trying to find, you know, these, these mentions in the spirit world, these echoes. And all of a sudden, no way, there's a creepy monster. Get by the creepy monster. Also, if the creepy monster sees you, you're dead. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Also, how stupid is it? Like, you're obviously right there. Like, yeah, like I, you just hide behind a box and yeah. then you move like the, behind another box and the and box he's, like walking around and he's really tall. So he's probably got the angle on a hundred percent. And the box is probably destroyed as well. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> like the box is probably like all broken and stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't buy it. And then it turns out that later on the ele- electricity is the key uh, to defeating this. Like, and as Derek says, probably like 15 foot tall, a creepy dude that has like a like a really like elongated head sideways and i and i feel like you know pyramid head in the silent hill games Mm -hmm. terrifying because it's this slow encroaching thing that you have no escape and there's no way by you have to figure out the correct way of doing things and again as you say here it's like well i can outsmart this 15 foot monster by crouching and and it just like it just doesn't makes sense it doesn't make sense for that to be and the reason for that existing makes even less sense and that i think you know i'm intrigued as to your thoughts because when you do actually start to quote unquote unravel the dark mystery what's what's your thoughts on it all because i i took so many notes i took like five notes getting us to this point and then about 150 notes trying to keep myself right on where we were in the story. And again, I'll say the same thing that I said with Observer. Maybe I'm just not smart enough. Maybe I just don't get it. Um, and maybe my my intellectual prowess doesn't lend itself to, uh, to understanding the true nuance of everything that's going on. Um, but like, so there's Thomas and there's Richard. <laughs> that, I, what, like... That the names in this game bothered me. Marianne's fine, Libby's fine, all that sort of stuff. But like 
for these three like males that are in the game like we've got like henry we've got richard we've got thomas yeah. like at, for a while i was like who is who again like they're just the most like generic white person names yes like and and it took a while to like it like in you know there there are a couple of interesting segments where you play as thomas and mm-hmm. he kind of like goes inside people's heads to like yeah kill them basically or like destroy their their like innocent piece um or whatnot but like until you actually like went deeper with those specific characters then i was like okay that's richard and thomas is this like it was i i don't know i'm i might just be dumb but i was confused (laughs) by the names for a while so the the way that i basically understood it is so thomas is your father Yes, as, yeah. as you and he's said, the guy that phoned you at the beginning, and he's the guy that phoned you at the beginning. And he designed the resort. Yes, he he was like the the owner, and so it turns out, and we should mention at this point that you you grew up in this resort. Yeah, and there's a house fire, mm-hmm. um, which happens in the single most convoluted way imaginable, <laughs> um, but it basically splits you and your sister up, um, and for some reason you get amnesia and she doesn't. Yeah. And your father, Thomas, makes this decision. And, and I think they mentioned, correct me if I'm wrong, that you're about 10 when this happens. Something like that. Yeah, you were both maybe, young. Maybe yeah. slightly younger. Um, so what he does is he makes the decision to, quote unquote, leave his daughter in the hospital so that she could have a chance at a life. Mm-hmm. A 10-year-old with amnesia. He just lets her go into the foster system. But he goes back to the other sister because she's also a medium and a really, really powerful medium, apparently. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Thomas is a medium as well, which is why he's got the powers Hereditary. to be able to like get into people's head. So, the massacre that happens is, and again, this is where it gets really convoluted. So then there's Richard, and Richard is an older guy that Thomas brings to the resort and finds out that he possibly abused i don't think it's i think it's for sure yeah like but they used to be friends yes and then thomas (laughs) this is this is kind of ridiculous so they used to be friends uh richard is like a painter yeah um and he you know was like out of ideas down on that sort of stuff and so he would use the material from thomas's like visions or thomas's like explorations in mediumness uh to to like you know fuel his like yeah creativity as his muse, basically yeah. yeah yeah um and then i it sounds like my perception is that they grew apart when uh thomas had a family mm-hmm. uh and then he richard he ends up bringing richard to this to this resort um mm-hmm. and i think it's as a means to like spend time with the kids and so he can like focus on the resort and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then he ends up molesting um the which, younger like, sister. Not a theme that I that you see in a game very often. Yeah. Um and it's like, you know, we're piecing this together based on like the journals and and things that you find and a few cutscenes and that sort of stuff. Um and uh when when Thomas, sorry, when Thomas finds out, he freaks out basically is is going to kill richard and then instead he goes into his mind um to basically find out like well like it does a couple of things i think that he just intends to just make him like a shell of of a person yeah um, but he also it also like gives him vision into his mind and he can see he ends up seeing like what what fucked him up um yeah. and that and then still decides to like destroy him basically and those those segments were actually super interesting to see you know, obviously these like, um, like unforgivable characters with these like 
insidious actions um but to try to not justify but give context to like why they're messed up because you know it kind of is similar in like part of the like a lot of the like main themes in something like the last of us or the last of us two is like this you know everything is a cycle and the cycle of violence like Mm -hmm. will continue forever or whatnot it seems like um and this is like a cycle of trauma or cycle of abuse and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and so he was like, he had like an abusive father and his father was away a lot. Cause he was like a soldier in world war, world war two. Uh, and then he befriends this uh, Jewish girl named Rose, who I, I think was like also living in their house. Um, mm. they, they were like quite well off and their family, essentially the, the Henry's mom was hiding like a Jewish family in. Yeah. Um, you know, because they lived in Europe or in Poland or, or um, whatever, mm-hmm. wherever they lived. Um, and then it ends up, I think the mom, he falls in love with, he falls in love with this girl. And then the mom ends up giving this family up to like protect themselves. Yes. Thing, and to get them away from Henry's father, who yeah. um, is like abusive and has like raped her and like all this sort of stuff. And through all of that trauma, Henry becomes just this, uh, to you know continues that cycle of abuse and cycle of trauma um and so henry like kills the innocent child version of him sorry thomas thomas see the name still yeah yeah thomas kills the uh innocent child version of henry that like lives inside of him and then so all that remains is like this shell but it also like appears as this giant monster known as the child eater uh, in the real real world or was it the spirit well world? no that's that's he kills it he messes up the kid version of richard remember because he's in yes. richard's head did i say and thomas again you, you, oh my uh, i think uh, i can't even remember what he said now, okay. but richard it, yeah yeah and then i said henry that's another henry story yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's another one altogether but the, but the thing that really bugged me about this is it's like it they you know they they got into and that the, the moment that you find that thomas finds out that uh, he abuses um, Lillian, which is you as the protagonist's younger sister. Yeah, that moment is actually which you don't know about at that yeah. point. You don't. Yeah, know uh, you sisters. don't know that you're yeah. related. But yeah, that moment's quite effective. And then you jump into Richard's head, and it kind of all gets explained away. Really, oh well, he was abused by his stepfather, and then it turns out he like stabs his stepfather with a knife that mm, his father right. gave him to protect the family. And there's this whole moment where his his you you overhear this conversation between Richard and his father is a his biological father saying you know you're the man of the house now like I've got to go away blah 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 and then he ends up using that knife to ceremoniously kill the stepfather and there's just this whole really like it just gets explained away so quickly and even even Thomas in the sort of memory of it kind of goes oh well doesn't change anything you're still an asshole and <laughs> I, I, like there's these just really weird tonal kind of shifts sure. mm-hmm. uh, i again i just found it super like i don't know whether it annoyed me or whatever but i took a note down of the, when richard's a young man he falls in love with the girl called rose as you said and then when he grows up the girl he abuses is called lily and i'm like it's both floral names is, did they really need oh i didn't even like <laughs> i didn't even think about did that we both really need flower names like is that a thing and there's one moment as well um the sadness uh i think she gets called lily at one point she finds out her yes. name is lily yeah. so she's yeah. actually like a spiritual embodiment of the younger sister yeah. because that's lillian and th- so there's this really weird thing that, that that i kept noting where 
in a variety of different memories in a variety of different places, you have a young spiritual version of Lillian. It, the the big monster, the maw that we've talked about, actually gets created because of uh, Lillian's abuse. She lets that monster go. That monster was inside of her. Mm-hmm. So no, we've got the small child version who also has amnesia. The spirit version also has amnesia because she doesn't know who she is. She just thinks she's called sadness. And obviously that came as a result of the original abuse because that's like a moment in time. Uh, and then she lets the monster go. But then as you keep mentioning this guy, Henry, who want, he, he wants Thomas's powers. He wants the father's powers. And so the reason I said that the house fire is caused in the most convoluted way imaginable is Henry captures Thomas and ties him to a wooden chair, this powerful medium that can go inside <laughs> people's brain and mess them around and leave them as a hollow shell of a person, captures this guy, ties him to a chair and says, right, you know, give me your powers. Let me know how to use your powers, blah, 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 blah. Of course, Thomas does the dutiful thing and says no. So then Henry puts on like a chainmail glove and punches thomas unconscious because i think it's like the skin on skin contact that's what it was my perception yeah is what he yeah for sure which was like you know super smart um but then he just goes and burns the house down and then wakes thomas up and then thomas just escapes from the chair and you're like (laughs) wait so wait when he's when he's like starting to punch you with a chainmail glove that's not the moment to just suddenly find that you can escape from the chair it's only when he's burning down your house that's the moment they like it just there's so much in this that is is again just like it happens for the most convoluted mm-hmm. reason and i feel like they tried to tie up so much plot and they they try and do so much exposition over the course of like 15 minutes game time um but then some of those sections as well when you you were saying when you play as thomas uh because again, later on, Thomas regales his parts of the story to you because you meet him or you meet the spirit the version, spirit so, version like, yeah. later on in this underground bunker. Um, like there's even a moment and I wrote it down where as you're exploring Richard's memories, you keep going back to this uh, like forest labyrinth, yeah. this like hedge labyrinth. Uh, and you go back three times, I counted. And on the third time, Thomas even out loud says, this is getting tedious. <laughs> And I, I wrote a note down that was like, yeah, it is. It's it's really, I'm, I'm, this is dull. Because like, each on. other time it's like, you're about to get where you think you need to go. And then it like flashes back somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. yeah. And then those moments where it does that, there's a couple of moments when you're Thomas as well, where like you're going down this corridor and you're hearing these like echoed of conversations from Richard and his father and his stepfather. And you'll like get to the door at the end of the corridor. And and then the corridor stretches out. And it's just frustrating. It's not like scary or creepy or Mm -hmm. it's just frustrating. Uh, And maybe that was the intention. Maybe they wanted to make you frustrated in that moment. And if they did, it really worked because it Mm -hmm. just made me mad. And there's it the game picks and chooses moments where you can sprint and moments where you can go into a light jog and moments where you're just walking and that's yes. it. Uh, and it always seems to be these moments where the corridor disappears out in front of you. It's like, no, you can move at a snail's pace, a snail with broken legs. And <laughs> yeah, that was yes. annoying. Well, and because it's, it like wants you to hear the entirety of the audio that's playing. And so they can't let you run. Cause then you'll make it to the end too fast. And yeah. you're like, you know, that sort of stuff. So it's very, 
yeah. the like it's a super linear game, but mm-hmm. also <laughs> linear in like the amount that it let the speed that it lets you move at, even when there's just a direct straight path in front of you. Yeah, yeah. So that that's what really ultimately, you know, gameplay aside, everything else aside, that's what really annoyed me was was the fact that this whole plot about everything that had happened just. I had way more questions than I had answers with everything that went on. Um, and, it, and it just really, really frustrated me. And, it, and I, it's going to sound incredibly harsh of me to say this, but I felt nothing for Marianne, like as a character, like I don't think she developed all that really happened is that she got her memory back. Like suddenly she knew that she was Marianne and she grew up in the red house and at the resort and there was a house fight. So okay she got her memory back so you could say that's definitely character growth but she didn't change from start to finish she was the same person i feel like she was just as as well adjusted at the start when she was burying her her foster father um then then she was at the end she you know and the ending can can you tell me your thoughts on the (laughs) last like you know from the bunker onwards Mm -hmm. i actually i really liked the bunker um like the setting of the bunker Mm -hmm. and the just kind of the exposition that you get in the bunker as to like essentially so as you mentioned marianne is left in the hospital and thomas and lily uh basically thomas takes lily to this bunker because she's too powerful and like he's worried about what you know the maw was created in my perspective was that she agreed to like let the maw free if he got them out of the fire Yes. Um, And so now he's like wandering around the spirit world and he like basically like absorbs people or like like wears them as his skin, basically. And so um, in the as you're getting some exposition in the resort itself, like these people end up like in some cases, like a nurse is like killing her patients and like all that sort of stuff. And it's because, you know, she's being uh um, led by the mall led being by the mall. yeah yeah which i thought which i thought was kind of which was quite interesting i thought actually but i just like like just the idea that they stayed in this um uh it stayed in this bunker for so long and it's like an old soviet bunker and they've converted it into like a living space which and she i think had stayed there now for like 20 years or like something like that yeah 16 years or some ridiculous yeah. amount of time um yeah and then the i think the caretaker of the resort and it's up letting her out to like see the sun. Cause he felt bad for her or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. And then, and then I think this is what keeps, this is what lets the maw loose again at that point. Yeah. I think. And, I, and um, I have two questions at this point. Yeah. Cause, Cause there's a moment where the maw, you end up talking to the maw at the very, very end. Yeah. And it turns out that he needs a powerful medium mm-hmm. to inhabit so that he can survive. Now, my first question is if, if Lillian, if the younger sister is powerful enough, if she's a powerful enough medium to manifest... Powerful enough that he, that that Thomas had to keep her away and yeah, not keep the, Marianne away. A, keep her away, but B, yeah. to create a monster that roams the spirit world and can inhabit people and wear them as a skin suit, mm-hmm. that seems pretty powerful enough to me. So if, if she created him, why didn't she, why didn't he just turn around and eat her first of all? It's a good question. I think that it's because um for instance the the end so you find out that this dream or this like memory that yeah. Marianne has had about like that it all starts with a dead girl and you see someone shooting like a girl on the on a dock you end up on this dock and it turns out that it was not a dream but like a vision of the future mm-hmm. um 
my perception of that was because Lily basically is like, you have to kill me and like, I have to die and you're going to have to be the one that kills me. Mm -hmm. My perception of that is because if the maw, the maw, like, you know, they, some, like a body sustains him for X amount of time and potentially Lily could sustain him for quite some time. But I think when she dies, uh, he would die as well. Mm -hmm. That was my only thought. And Marianne, I think that's a good question. Right. So, yeah. so, and, and that's the way that they kind of explain it is she kind of in this moment, because it's meant to be this very yeah. tense moment where mm-hmm. it's one sister trying to decide whether she's going to kill herself or she's going to kill her sister or how she, how she going to go yeah. about this. Yeah. And it just kind of, again, it gets explained away like, oh, um, it, that, uh, you, uh, if I die, it dies. But so that's why it has to be me. And, you know, they, as you say, they've survived <laughs> yeah. for all this time in the bunker. My second yeah. question is that your father, Thomas, like and you you mentioned it earlier on where there's these moments where you kind of have to as the the medium we should have mentioned earlier on you get these kind of like two abilities and one ability is you create like a spirit shield around yourself Mm -hmm. and because in the spirit world apparently moths are the most evil thing in the world and chew you to (laughs) death very quickly within seconds like cartoon piranha fish um and the other abil- and real piranha fish and real pir- I mean, hundred percent with the little like they circle. Do you ever see the movie and they, Piranha? And they leave you just the bones. Do you see the movie Piranha three D? I I haven't. When that guy has to get oh, thankfully, it's really good. Thankfully, he's I got a, the the piranhas eat this guy's legs, uh-huh. and then he's like, and then someone builds him like machine guns for legs, and then at one point the piranhas are coming, so he's like, bring me my legs, and then they put the machine gun legs on him, and then he like shoots the piranhas with his machine gun legs. Like, how could you not want to see that? I mean, how does the how do the guns work underwater? He's above the water. He's shooting into the water. It's very shallow water. It all works out fine. I have a lot of questions right now, (laughs) but but (laughs) that would probably be another two-hour podcast of of just questions. Uh, Even just about that one scene (laughs) that I would have. That's the Um, only scene I remember. Well, there's probably a reason for that. (laughs) Wait, if it's a 3D movie, though, was there not? There would have been several scenes where piranhas just jump directly towards the camera, right? Yeah. Yeah. As long as that was there. It was a good time to go to the theater when 3D was uh, the hot stuff. Remember theaters? Remember that? (sighs) Barely. Um, So my second question is, yeah, so like you get these two abilities uh, and the other ability rather than the spirit shield is like you can kind of overcharge electronics to, to, you know, power up elevators and things like this. And as Marianne, you have to find these like spiritual, like spirit ammo, basically, that charges up your abilities. And you get two charges uh, and then you've got to go and recharge. Um, then as Thomas, now, again, just to, to reiterate the point, Marianne is meant to be so powerful that she is going to sustain the maw when the maw wears her is going to sustain him indefinitely. And he's going to mm-hmm. be able to go around and that's it. Like she's the most powerful medium that's there. Now she gets two charges of this. When you're playing as Thomas, you can just use this all the time. No recharge necessary. Because mm, when you're true. when you're going through the forest, like there's all these like weird spirit tentacles that are like give you the most wind up time imaginable to imaginable to be like, oh, I'm gonna slap you. I'm coming. You ready? You ready? You ready? Uh, and then you've got to like time your spirit shield to like fend them off. But he can use it indefinitely. So clearly. And he can inhabit people's minds to break them down, and as we've already mentioned. So, really, who is the most powerful medium here? Um, but my question is, like, you know, if if okay, if the maw doesn't go for Lillian, um, is he, um, is he gonna be 
going for Thomas instead? Like, or if he doesn't go for Thomas instead, why doesn't he go for Thomas? I like. Well, wouldn't the Maw have been stuck in the bunker and Spirit Thomas was there as well, right? Well, yeah. So my understanding, I think you were right when you talked about it before. I think that Thomas and Lillian were in the bunker. I think this they, is how confusing this right, game ex- and, can be. Yeah, and and it's just like if we're <laughs> if we're sitting here going, okay, but were they locked in the bunker at the time? Like clearly something's wrong. If you, if if you haven't delivered the story to me in the way that I can completely empathize, sympathize, and completely understand what's going on, and again, maybe we're just dumb, Derek. Maybe that's it maybe we just don't get it but i want to get it because again the the reason it made me so sad to to skip on this is moments like this and when you go from a start that was so strong and then by the end of this car crash it, it is a car crash it's terrible like the ending of this just made me so bummed out and not in the way that i think they intended i think they really wanted me to feel for Marianne at the end, oh, she's got this Sophie's choice at the end. Does she kill her sister? Does she kill herself? Like, oh my goodness. And really at the end of it, I was just like, just pull the trigger, man. Just do one of them. It's fine. Like it, like it, it just felt so meaningless. Everything by the end of it just felt so, so meaningless. And when it, when the end credits rolled, I cheered, man. I, I genuinely. <laughs> Finally. It's I, over. Yeah. So the question you originally asked me, that led us down this path was, did I prefer this or the Observer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I actually think I would play Observer before I played this again. Really? And it's for that reason, because it starts yeah. out so strong and it, it, it made, it gave me so much hope. And then it burned every last hope that I had down. <laughs> um, what, like, can I ask, what do you, what do you think? Because of course it does the very cheeky thing of going, fading to black before you hear the gunshot go off. Yeah, so it leaves it very cliffhanger. Yeah, I don't know if that's because they intend on doing a sequel they or if not. it's <laughs> I'm just putting that out there right now. They better not. Yeah, or if it's just like one of those stories where they just wanted to leave it like up for discussion, you know, the like the end of inception type thing. Like Yeah, is he in the know, dream what, or not? Yeah, yeah. So uh, like the only ending that makes sense though is for him for her for Marianne to shoot Lily. Like You think w- well, because it's like, I mean, she just like maybe she has her some old memories back, but it seems like she just re- found out that she has a sister. So why is she, Oh, you know, aside from like, yes, you're my sister. She shouldn't be that attached to her. Um, not more than she's attached to her own life. That's mm-hmm. for sure. But also like if that like she has seen firsthand what the maw can do and that he caused this massacre of like hundreds of people in this mm-hmm. resort. And if he gets free. Like what happens then? Like they, they, I don't know. There, I feel like there really, there really only is one choice, and I feel like it was for it's for her to shoot Lily, um, you know, because he like if Marion was to shoot herself, then the Ma still exists only in the spirit world at this point, but it still exists. And then what is stopping him at some point? Now Lily's out and free. Um, she, I, I'm sure she's not just going to go back in the bunker, but now can he not just things won't sustain him for as long, but can the maw not just like take over other bodies at that point? Well, I think that was the thing that, that like there was a specific line and I can't remember exactly what it was. I didn't write it down, but he was saying something like, you know, or, or maybe it was the conversation between Mary and, and Lily that he needed a medium in order to sustain himself. Cause he's dying. Right. And, uh, okay. Yeah. And, and that's why 
because he he um manufactured the situation to bring Marianne back to to right. the Neva Resort. Um, so I think I think it turned out that actually he had used Thomas's voice or whatever, or said he was Thomas or whatever to bring her back. I don't actually think it was Thomas because when you meet the spirit version of him, is he not like? what are you doing here kind of thing but the spirit version like she marianne was catching the spirit version up on everything that's happened yeah so oh, i know you're that right the spirit yeah, yeah, version yeah. is disconnected from the real world version yeah so he wouldn't have had In fact, that context. yes you're right because he does actually say the spirit does say like oh i've been you know i haven't seen the real world thomas for for a long time or whatever um and and again, if they do ever do the medium too, I will put five dollars right now that it's it's Thomas trying to find his surviving daughter, whichever one didn't get shot. Mm. Uh, I'll put money on it. But I'll play that. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know if I can? If there's a bit more, if there's more stakes, you know, if, sure. if the stakes are higher, because again, we've said it before that there, there's no inventory management, there's no resource management, so the 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 penalty for failure, the penalty for death is having to play more of the game, which I suppose is penalty <laughs> enough. But um, I just, I don't know, man. I, I just, I got, do you know, there was a last note or a couple of last notes that I wrote down um, uh, was that the, 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 the cutscenes in the game as well. And I don't know whether it's just because of that point when there was multiple cutscenes in a row that I was just so done already. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, there's another note I want to talk to you about in a second. Uh, but but um, the when when the cutscenes are happening, I, I, again, I wasn't invested in any of the characters, but it seemed like you would get a cutscene and then you'd have one of these forced, very slow walking sections for five minutes. <laughs> and then there's another, it leads into another cutscene. And, and yeah. one of those happens right at the very, very end of the game where right, yeah. when you leave the bunker... Uh, oh yes, there's... you like walk through the forest for a bit. Yeah, right. Yeah. You walk, and then and then that's. But when the whole meet... thing could have just been a cutscene. Like, exa- like, why force me to walk mm-hmm. so slowly? And I mean, like, please, people, understand when I say you're walking slowly. Like, imagine the slowest you have ever moved in a video game. This, like, and then half that speed. It is. <laughs> it's unbearably slow. It's like she's got depleted uranium boots on. It's so slow. Um. And then there's another cutscene, and that's how the game. Like, yeah, it just I don't she's know. She's definitely not like over encumbered like in a Bethesda game. She's well, there's no infantry exactly. Yeah. Um, there, there's a couple. Must of... be a really heavy flashlight. <laughs> like the most heavy. Oh, the bolt cutters, though. The bolt cutters, those are pretty big. Uh, you mean the spy cutter, <laughs> bolt cutter? Um, the other note that I had written down here was, uh, I mean, there's, there's so many notes here. <laughs> was, um. There's this bit where you're uh, where you're playing as Thomas, and you you have to walk around this section where there's this massive beast that's like chasing you, and it's chasing you through like filing cabinets and mm-hmm. books, and everything's oversized, and it's very Alice in Wonderland. Um, and as you're, you you have to walk across this like little beam, and as you're at the very very end of the beam. Um, the this big beast like tramples through, um, and like smashes the beam that's like inches away from your feet, 
um, not only do you physically not react to it, you're still just doing that kind of like <laughs> oh, balancing act. Like there's yes. no like you don't jump away from it. Like and I mean this beast is huge. It's like twenty feet tall or something like that, and it and it rattles past you, and there's this big sort of explosion as wood splintering all around you, and you're just like do do And then I think again he makes some snarky ass comment, and it like <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. and. I don't know. There's just so many moments of, of things like that, that, that just really, really took me away mm-hmm. um, from it. I, there was another note that I saw that was, that was there. And I can't remember where it is. Ah, I've lost it. That's okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think that's ultimately why it was, a, it was a skip from me. Oh yeah. no, that was it. The, there, there's a moment, what made me really sad and, and, you know, the ending made me really angry because I was just so furious at that point that I was just, the, the tone of it didn't make sense. The story of it doesn't make sense. The mystery doesn't make sense. And then you get this two minute long walk between cutscenes, And so then end credits roll. And then there's a section at the end where there's a message from Bloober Team that comes up. And it says, you know, we're a small developer. Like, this is the most ambitious game that we've ever made yet. And it was this really heartfelt message. <laughs> and I felt like such an asshole <laughs> because I was hating on this game so much. And I just like, you know, I'm a creative person myself. And if I had put that much effort and love and care and attention into something that someone just came along and shot all over, I would be devastated. Of course, mm-hmm. I would be devastated. Um, so I, I had this little moment of like, I mean, I hated this game. I, I really hated it um, and I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemies, yeah. but there, there's, there's moments in this that I'm like, Bloober team stick to that. Like if you want to pay tribute to the old survival horror yeah. games, like give me a full game where there's none of the spirit world stuff. Give me a full game of the, that intro section. Cause there's this really effective moment. And I, even at the time it was after I'd started playing the game, but before you'd asked me to do this episode of the podcast, and there's this moment in the funeral home where you come back out. You've just attached your the the, the guy's tie to the body. You've kind of fixed mm-hmm. up his tie. And there's this really sweet moment where she's like trying to make this you know body look as nice as it can for the funeral or whatever. And then you leave that room to start heading back up the stairs. And just at the top of the stairs, you just see the shadow. Mm-hmm. And I sent you a screenshot of that. Just yeah, like, nope, yeah. nope. I, like. I know this is going to be scary as hell. I remember that moment and I was just like, oh yeah, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And well, and then I was going to say there's like right shortly after you get to the resort, which I actually really liked that part when you get to the resort and you're trying to find a way in Mm -hmm. and then maybe it's shortly after you get in and there's like some sort of spirit, whether it's sadness or whatnot is kind of guiding you in that. Like she's turning on a light in the distance and Mm -hmm. like telling you like which way to turn. I really liked that. Yeah. But there's a, like a, a super effective jump scare like What's shortly that? after you you're like looking through a hole in a wall or something in the thing and then i i don't think it was the mob but something like moves and it scared the shit out of me <laughs> so i like had to pause and take a break and i was like oh i was like thank oh yeah like i'm all for this like this is great um because it felt like a well-placed jump scare it didn't feel like it existed just for the just just to exist i do not remember that, that was, at all it was probably like i don't know less than an hour in yeah and then there wasn't another scary moment like <laughs> that yeah. was it yeah you got those two things and and i like i again i had so much hope and and like there, there was so much of that first moment that was really disarming uh, and you know it, it i was invested at that point 
uh, and then it just chipped away at me and chipped away at me until the end. And I, and I felt bad for saying it, but almost out loud on the dock, I almost was just like, just shoot one of you. Just hurry up. <laughs> like, just go. It's just and kill them both. Just, I mean, that's it. Shoot her and then shoot yourself. Like that, double the double the damage. Like, um, but yeah. Then he's, not, then he's for sure not getting out. Exactly. And and I felt like even even going back to that moment and just like you, you said it so perfectly and you you synopsized the end of it so perfectly where she lets them all go so that um you all can survive the house fire um and i feel like you know a big sacrifice like that in any kind of story like that that's the the end game play right that's the tony stark clicking his fingers with infinity sure. gone that like spoilers spoilers i mean if you haven't seen that by this I'm point i i have, i have no hope for you but um you know, it, it should be when we're invested in that character, then we know, okay, they made this big sacrifice play and, and it, it you feel something in that moment because you're invested in the character. Right. But it turns out that that sacrifice that she made was for nothing. Like she, she let this monster go and it killed hundreds of people just so that either your sister could shoot you or your That's sister really could shoot point. herself. Like yeah. the, the sacrifice is meaningless. It meant But how, nothing. as a child who doesn't want to die, how could she know that or... Oh, fathom that for sure and i get that but for, i said but i totally see what you mean like well. from from a character perspective certainly like you know i i cannot imagine being a 10 year old or younger kid and and having to deal with that moment and what would that do for me and how would i react and if i knew that there was this terrible beast inside me that could yeah. save my family but kill hundreds of people potentially do you know what as a 10 year old kid i might have made that to hell as a 35 year old sure. guy yeah right you know yeah. if you told me you can save your family but 100 people are gonna die that's yeah. a tough choice to make. It really is. But none of that was explored. Not Like yeah. none of that was explored. It was just like, there's a scary monster and he yeah. is going to wear you like a suit and blah, blah, blah. Like, and it just, it felt so like, I don't know. I feel like that's a really good point in that. Like, I feel like just what you're describing now, I feel like there's so much to this world and there is so much to these characters, but we are like not even getting through the top layer of it. Yeah. Like, I feel like so much of what they did and I, I liked this game. Mm -hmm. I still think, you know, I maybe like it less after hearing you piss on it for an an hour, (laughs) but, but but I, I quite liked this game. I enjoyed my time with it. I finished it in like two sittings because I did find the plot and the way it carried forward, Mm. you know, like good, decent enough Mm -hmm. to, to that. I wanted to see it through very quickly. Um, but yeah, they, I, I wish this was a bigger game. Like, (laughs) <laughs> one of the things that I like about this game is that it took only two sittings and that I like short games because it means that I'm more likely to finish them, mm-hmm. but there's so much more to unpack here, both in the, the cycles of trauma that they're dealing with and the like newfound sisterhood and like, mm-hmm. how the fuck did you end up in this like spirit world? And why does the mall look the way, like there's so many things to yeah. do and to talk about and none of them or very few of them are explored at all. And the ones that are explored are barely explored. Yeah. And I, and I feel like, you know, th- there's, there's something about existential horror, which I, I always find is far more effective than, you know, Ooh, there's a scary monster. Look at it. Blah. Because that, once you see it, that it just completely takes it away from it. So, you know, those moments earlier on that we talked about where you're having to sneak past them all, or you're having mm-hmm. to like rig up, uh, uh, <laughs> a bit where you've got to rig up this generator that's on a, like, a uh, minecart kind of train tracky type bit 
and there's this big convoluted section where you've got to rig this up so that it falls into the water while the maw's in the water so you can electrocute it so for some reason electricity (laughs) in the spirit world is super powerful but um and you know that so things like that if those sections weren't there but it was always this voice because the voice like here's one one piece of praise i will give the medium the voice acting was actually really good. And mm-hmm. I know this was a problem that you and I had with Observer mm. was that the voice acting was shocking. It was yeah. terrible. With yeah. this, like the the people did their jobs so well as far as the voice acting goes, like albeit I think like sadness especially I thought was She was brilliant and yeah. like inconsistent tone aside, you know, uh Marianne's voice like the actor totally, that played yeah. her was great. She was brilliant and especially in those moments where, you know, she was the tone was perfect where it was meant to be a sad moment and she was sad, or it was meant to be a scary moment and she was scared. Mm-hmm. She did her job really well. Um, and, and those kind of things, you know, kudos to them. Like they clearly learned from previous games and, and put a lot more time and effort into that. And it, and it really showed. Um, and, you know, as you said before, the, the echoes and stuff, those, those interactions that you hear again, really clever little system really cool little mm-hmm. little moment you know it's it's been in other games before sure absolutely but it was probably done here better than most that i've seen it um but it doesn't yeah, to make it to make it to make them sort of interactive or to yeah. make them like rather than just an audio log that you pick up yeah which wouldn't make sense in the environment yeah i don't think like but rather than that or rather than just having paper letters or whatever yeah to, to make them part of the gameplay like oh i need to find a piece of this so I can complete this echo so yeah, that it actually plays out sure. or whatever and I thought was like, interesting. Do you know what? I was kind of reminded of, um, weirdly enough, System Shock 2, a game from a bygone era, um, where you're... Ex- Remake coming out soon, isn't it? <laughs> Seriously? Oh you, do you not know I don't this? know about this. Yeah. Um, oh my God, that's exciting. Uh, but so that is one of genuinely one of the most creepy games of all time. But there's these okay. moments with that. Yeah. Well, where... I know games like Bioshock are like super influenced. Right. I've exactly. never played System Shock, um, but I love Bioshock. And I know that it's System Shock comes up all the time in discussions. Yeah. The Bioshock yeah. Series. But, but and, and as you say, like Bioshock is almost like the spiritual successor mm. of the System Shock series. And, you know, it's a very similar premise, lone survivor wandering around a, a ship or a city or whatever. And um, there's these moments in that. And the reason I'm referencing that is that there's moments in System Shock 2 where you'll you'll tap on like a, a computer system or whatever, and you'll actually see ghosts uh, of the, the crew that are now mm-hmm. dead. And you'll see them act out and it's and it's fully sort of embodied and acted in that way again um, and i think again something like that might have been really cool you, for for me if i'm thinking of what a medium is it, i i wouldn't want to see that as like oh we're in this war-torn hellscape and everything's all bad textures and suddenly i've got white hair for no explored <laughs> reason and i've got mushrooms growing out of my jacket again for no explored reason um but but it would be far more effective and far scarier if I'm walking by a door or whatever and I overhear a conversation, I open the door and there's nothing there, but you can hear the conversation. Do you know what I mean? Like there, there's something yeah. that's far more effective about something you can hear, but you can't see. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like, yeah. you know. Well, and even going to like, like there's so many, uh, there's so many like modern horror movies and stuff, for instance, that like, so much of the dread or so much of the atmosphere goes away as soon as you like 
you see the thing for for x amount of time or they show too much of it and then it's like mm-hmm. oh it's just a cg like piece of shit like yeah <laughs> and i and i and i think that's what they did with them all because the first time you yeah. see him you see him in his entirety and especially once yeah. you've died six or seven times because you're not really sure of which way to go and your crouch is effective behind boxes but not so effective behind much else um and you know once and, and again there's a, a really great piece of advice that i heard about like that kind of thing is like the threat of death has to be there for things to be like to keep you on tender sure. to to keep mm-hmm. you motivated to survive and, and be scared and things like that but once you do die once you go through that and you reload suddenly that threat is gone so you're just oh i'm just gonna yeah. replay the section until i get through um but again i feel like with a bit more like resource management a bit more like having to plan things out having to actually survive this could have been really effective. I think get mm-hmm. rid of the spirit world stuff or, or embed it somehow in the real world that, that only she can see, or maybe she sees it for snippets of time. You know, I know that you and I talked about the, the, the artifacting in, in observer again, but you know, maybe I dare, I say it, maybe even a bit more of that in this rather than it being a completely <laughs> yeah. separate reality. Uh, and again, just that two, that two reality mechanic, I feel like was just there for the sake of it being like, oh, we've got the shiny new thing that's sure like, you've never seen this before, yeah. and it just it, the payoff wasn't wasn't good enough, mm-hmm. and it made me really sad. It made me it bummed me out really hard, man. I was really mad. <laughs> Do you know that this that they first started uh, working on this game in 2012? Oh my god, what? Like so that makes uh, me feel even. That's, I know well, <laughs> that's like, what, that was my goal with that. Yeah, nine yeah, years. It was originally going to be a Wii U slash PS3 game, but uh, you know it changed. Uh, it changed a lot along the way, but then came out as this series oh console exclusive. That makes me but, so sad. Uh, like nine years of some of their lives. I know, and I've just chat all over it for the yeah, last hour. Yeah. Do you know what though? Like what? It gives me a bit of hope, and I'll and I'll tell you why. Because there's moments, and they're clearly a developer that you know, reviews their old work tapes. And what I mean by that is they've, they've clearly gone back to their older games and gone, okay, what sure. worked about this? What didn't work about this? Like what when I remember when we talked about observer as well, like I think each of their games has these like super effective moments or moments of like brilliance that they just really need to focus on. Yeah. Um, and then like their projects in some way just get lost along the way. Yeah. Like I, again, I like this way more than I liked observer. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not as, probably not as much as I liked. I really liked Blair witch though. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I might I have to go yeah. back and play like, cause I, I avoided Blair witch like the plague yeah. because I knew it was, it was blue routine, bless them. Uh, and I was just like, there's no way I'm playing that. But you, I, I remember you saying you actually really enjoyed. So I might have I did, to go yeah. back and play. Yeah. That. And it's another, like, you know, I, I, their games are generally pretty short, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's another short, title um that and i i've just always been super interested in like the blair witch lore and yeah. stuff so the fact that it like is in that universe and adds to that and gives some exposition to that whether it's considered canon or not i'm not sure mm-hmm. but uh i just found that super interesting for yeah sure yeah um but yeah i think i think it does give me hope and, and i and i really you know what i'm excited to see what they do uh, like as a as a developer I, I think they've got nice ideas and they're definitely doing things that you know, despite it being a mechanic for being mechanic's sake, I don't think I've ever played a game where you can see the same thing but in two different realities uh, over over the same screen and been able yeah. to render that, been able to do that. Like they they they've done so well in a lot yeah. of things with this, which is why it makes me so upset that I hated mm-hmm. the game so much. 
And <laughs> do you know what was one thing that really bothered me cool. was uh, in the spirit world when there would all of a sudden be and it was like it made sense because there was usually some blockage in the real world or something. But there's just like uh, a stretched out piece of human skin <gasps> that's blocking your way. Oh, my God. And then you have to cut it with this like razor blade, which the first time you're like, ew, this is like weird and gross. Why is this happening? Yeah. But then it happens so frequently. And it's like this. Is it like a hidden loading screen? Like it's so slow. Yeah. The act of like cutting through it. Like that was my only thought is that like. Like why this is, you know, it could be used a couple of times for plot or for just just to have something interesting there. Yeah. But but it seemed like it happened a lot and it just took so long to pull the razor through the skin with your analog stick. And you're like, you've just you've absolutely reminded me of that. And and thank you so much. Because like the, <laughs> the first time that happens and again, for the first like for the first time that you kind of use your spirit powers to get to a different bit and you know you're kind of thinking okay i know i'll need to maybe sometimes go into the spirit world to pick up an object and take it here and unlock a door and like that kind of stuff i can get behind sure if if that's the mechanics and that's the way you want me to do it that's that's great cool if that's how i have to solve puzzles great i might actually have to think on my feet and i remember finding the razor and it was like oh i'll need to use that to to cut something or i might have to to attach it to something or whatever and as you say the first time you cut through that big like wall of skin i was mm-hmm. my thought was again because i i quite quickly got into the thing of of thinking oh it's a point and click adventure game i'm playing grim fandango but with better graphics that's what i'm doing yeah. um and the first time you cut through that, like the skin wobbles and like the way that it tears, it is gross, man. Like I did kind of wince at the time being like, yeah, oh God, definitely. this is upsetting. Um, but as you say, by the time you get to the end of the game, the minute I saw anything that had that skin over, I was like, well, better get the old razor out. Here we go. Let's do it. Yeah. And it, and it shouldn't be that way. It should be disgusting every single time. <laughs> and you're reminding me there was something else. There was another puzzle, Derek. I need to take a second to talk about. I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. There's another. There's another puzzle in this, where you're trying to work out a lot of a lot of um, the first kind of section of the game is is trying to work out who Thomas is because you've only got yeah, the name, right? And there's this moment where you get to this room and there's like a U-shaped table, and on the, oh. the <laughs> on the bottom of the U, uh, on the joining kind of part of the two sides, is the list of names of people who are at this meeting and what chair they're sitting at. So I looked at that and I was like, oh, okay, well, there's that name. So I just need to work out who sat across from there. So I went and clicked on that and I was like, okay, that's chair 13. So that makes that chair eight or whatever the numbers were. And I was like, great. So whoever sat in that chair is the person I'm looking for. Fantastic. And then the game wouldn't let me progress and I could not work out Mm. why. It took me, Derek, I think I aged five years by the time (laughs) I saw Because the game was- That's why it took you too Exactly. Because it, it- it genuinely it wants you to solve it it wants you to interact with the objects in a particular order so that even though that you've worked out as the player marianne hasn't worked out yeah so you've got to click on stuff and i was just like no i'm sorry if if i'm reacting quicker than the protagonist like no that if if the whole game was centered around solving things which you know they've they've said this is a mystery game it's about solving a, a mystery that's happened 
you should you should let me be able to work the things out without mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. to go through this. Oh, okay, so we've got to go over here and click. Okay, and then we've got to click on that, and then we should click the list again. Well, it's like if you had to like do every letter one by one oh. in Wheel of Fortune instead of yeah. just being like <laughs> yeah. to solve the puzzle. Yeah, exactly. Like that's a perfect analogy for it. Like you know, if you're gonna try and make me work stuff out, let me work it out. Don't force me to make Marianne work it out. Um, and again, just to, and and you know, I'm not a coder, so I don't know how difficult that would be to to you know have those kind of joining paths where if you can type in the name or whatever, then it it works or however mm-hmm. that is. But that was something that 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 puzzle in itself just really infuriated me. And because you had to do it in that particular order, it just set the tone for like the rest of the. I was like, okay, well, mm-hmm. I, I better make sure I'm doing this in the exact order that the game wants me to do it in. And it was another reason why it didn't. It didn't feel like a game. It just felt like I was I was there controlling a, an elongated cutscene, essentially. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I love elongated cutscenes, though. Uh, mm, I'm a cutscene guy. You're a cutscene like yeah. a cutscene done really well, sure. And if it's sure. effective, yeah, then, guess, then yeah, great. Yeah. But if it's a if it's a cutscene that makes me walk 15 minutes in between cutscenes, yeah. for no reason at a snail's pace. I used to love like. It likes. I feel like there's uh, numerous instances in like some of the Metal Gear Solid games where you'd have like a long ass cutscene <laughs> yeah. and then walk down a hallway and then have another long ass cutscene. Yeah, it, and I was all for it. So, you <laughs> or know, I had no problem with or it. Or the, uh, the the codec conversations that you would have yeah, that yes. were like 25 minutes long, and you'd be yeah. like, "Yo, can I get back to being this stealth ninja, please?" Like, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I was really sad that I didn't like this game, but it mm-hmm. was it was really Linda was what my wife was watching the the last sort of part with me. And uh, Linda has even less patience than I do for, for, for things. I hadn't noticed. I, right? And I, oh my God, the, the minute the credits rolled, literally both of us were like, yay! <laughs> like out loud. And she was just like, I can't believe they made you walk in between those cutscenes. And I was like, right? So funny. It was, yeah. it was really good. So yeah. it, was, it was a beautiful moment. Uh, but now I'm playing Valheim and Magic the Gathering Arena. So I'm, Magic the Gathering Arena. I'm having a blast with it's those. It's heaven. It's, it's good. It's good. I, uh, yeah, we don't need to talk about that right no, now, though. But it's far, far <laughs> superior to the medium. Do you, do you have any other words on the medium, or do you just want to move on from it forever until the sequel comes out? Um, medium, too. I mean, I will really laugh if it is that you're the father trying to find whatever daughter didn't get shot and re embody yourself with your spirit counterpart. Uh, uh, you know, I, I would I would go back and play it to see if they fix the things. I, yeah. I would I would give it a chance, um, but the minute it took me to a puzzle that I had to uh, force the character to solve rather than solving myself, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be out. <laughs> so Bloober Team has let you down twice now. It sounds like it sounds like you you said you may go to Blair Witch at some point. I might try the it. next the next Bloober Team game that comes out. Are you? It depends on what it is, or are you just like, oh, it's. I'm not really into it. <laughs> Do you know? What? I, it's funny. I almost feel like I, I owe it to them now. Like I, <laughs> I almost feel invested. And as I say that little message at the end of the game, I'm a sucker for like for like actual humans trying to yeah, be empathetic. Absolutely. So the minute they were like, we poured our heart and soul into this, I was like, yeah. oh guys, God bless yeah. you, guys and girls and and they's and them. Yeah. Like it just it, that that kind of hit me, and I and I felt bad for for. <laughs> shitting all over it for so long but um but yeah i think if if another if they do or if when they do another uh game i'll i'll definitely give it a try especially if it's yeah. on game pass I'll, I'll definitely give it a try um but as i say the minute they fall into their old habits <laughs> you're done I'm, I'm out i'm out yeah uh that's just talking about like that message it 
I always think of going back to like uh, picking up the physical copy of The Witcher 3 and like opening it for the first time. Mm. And there's like a bunch of crap that they give you, but also not crap, but like stickers and like a map and all that sort of stuff. But there's also like a little thank you card in there. And I was like, this is so sweet. Uh, See, like moments like that, like that really tugs at my heartstrings. And especially because of the way the video game industry is like the folks that work on video games, man, they just don't have a life. Like they don't Mm -hmm. sleep. Like, you know, uh, (laughs) because of the pressure of video game fans. And I suppose we could do six other podcasts on cyberpunk and its release. And like, (laughs) I, I, for CD project red, I genuinely feel for that team because the amount of pressure that they had on them to follow through with something that, that clearly wasn't ready yet. Yeah. Uh, that that breaks my heart. It really does. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a whole other story for a whole other time. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Well, th- with that said, uh, I'm sorry you didn't enjoy it. I'm sorry <laughs> I forced you through that. No, you didn't. And and like it's it's really funny because I I love doing these podcasts with you and I and I love chatting video games with you and I and I think there's a certain catharsis in, in getting getting things off your chest. Uh, and <laughs> that's fair. And well, and to get to do it like in depth, like we've been chatting. You yeah, know, totally. Pro- the, we started talking about other stuff, but we've been talking for a good hour about this game. Yeah. Like, how often do you get? How often would you do that organically? A hundred percent. And yeah. and I think there's something really nice about that. And and I love being a guest on the show. And and anytime you want me back, I'll, I'll happily come on, even if it's for a terrible game like this. But <laughs> um. But no, like uh, it's uh, it's never forcing me through it. I mean, I did sit down and made sure again with the observer. Like I did it in two sessions as well. But my reason yeah. for doing it in two sessions is because I knew if I didn't finish it in the second, I wasn't going to go back <laughs> for a third. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I I wanted to make the commitment to try and yeah. uh, try and get through that. It. That one I I feel like I barely remember observer now, and I remember most of my problems aside from like the voice acting. Mm-hmm. I had so many technical issues. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be one I would be interested in playing the the next gen version of it. <laughs> Yeah, um, but I don't. Not enough to actually do it. But. <laughs> You're interested, but not that. Yeah, much. <laughs> not not to that level. Yeah. Uh, well, with that said, why don't we go ahead and uh, see what we are playing next? Um, I'm going to change things up a bit. We're going to try something new. Uh, I'm not going to choose the game. Uh, it's going to be mostly <laughs> random. I'm going to draw two games, and I'm going to have you choose the game that we're going to play next. Let's out do of those two games. Maybe it sticks around. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, I just thought it sounded cool. So here we go. Uh, it is uh, the medium. No, I'm just <laughs> and uh, and you're coming back for it. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> I quit. Uh, yeah, right. All right. So next episode. Uh, so would you like us to play um, Dead Space or Call of the Sea? Have you ever played Dead Space before? When it came out. Yeah. Um I would do Call of the Sea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would do Call of the Sea. Don't tell me why, but okay. uh you'll you'll Okay, great. Call of the Sea it is. Yeah. Uh awesome. Do you before we go, do you have anything you would like to share? Any uh, links you'd like to post? You're a beautiful musician, you and your wife. Thanks, buddy. I don't um, know if that's something you want to throw out there. Yeah, but. absolutely. For for anyone that's interested in in the folk Americana uh, kind of style of music, uh, I just go under my own name, Doogie Greg. It's D O U G I E G R E I G. But uh, we are doing uh, far more impressive and wonderful things over at uh, What We Embrace. So that's the band that my wife and I have. 
And we're a Folk Americana duo. We've just done a lot of really cool things with Folk Alliance. Uh, we had a showcase with them uh, just uh, a few weeks back. Um, so you can find us on social media. It's always going to be what we embrace music or just what we embrace.com. Uh, you'll find all of our links and stuff there. Um, yeah. We, we put out awesome. a Christmas single uh, at, the, at the end of last year, if anyone's feeling particularly Christmassy, uh, called Gather Around. But other than, other than that, we've got we've got big things coming up this year. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. So looking forward to buying those vinyls. <laughs> yeah, so make, absolutely. So make them happen. And and listen, you're the, you're about the only person I know that has vinyl, so I probably just need to do a run of one vinyl <laughs> and just I'll sell it I'll take it. it. I'll do it. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But thanks for having me back, man. I, I always have a blast oh, here. As I it say, is a blast. Anytime you and need I'm me sure, back, I'm, I'm here. I'm sure I'll be calling on you sooner than you want. So. <laughs> For the medium. <laughs> awesome. Too. That's it. Yeah. Uh, like I said, at the start of the show, we're going monthly at this point. So uh, you can hear my voice again and my guest, uh, whoever that will be um, in about a month's time. Uh, and if you haven't heard enough of me, uh, I'm also on the Geekscape Games podcast, uh, which happens every two weeks. So twice a month. Um, and for this show, for Geekscape Games, for all of our other fun, sh- fun shows um, about all the things you could imagine, non-video game and video game uh, together, both of them, uh, just head to Geekscape.net. Um, if you like the show, share it with a friend, you know, give us a five star, all of that good stuff that you're not going to do anyway. But if you do, I appreciate you. Um, but other than that, we'll see you in a month uh, when we talk about Call of the Sea. Thanks again, Doogie. Thanks, bud. Bye-bye. Bye, bud. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.